I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Hey, you guys, and welcome back to the News Du Jour, a calmer space to consume the news. So today, right here at the top of this episode, I do have some reminders for this week. Three of them. Let's jump in. The second Republican debate is tomorrow, Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central Time. I will be watching this for us, and I obviously plan to report back. If you are not the type of person who likes to watch debates, do not worry. I will be watching it for us, and you will get a neat and tidy summary of the most important things that happened. However, if you like to watch the debates, I may notice things that you don't notice. This is a debate that is very fast-paced. Actually, all debates are fast-paced, and it's just natural that people pick up on different things. So I think it'll still be an interesting recap for you. As of now, Donald Trump will not be participating in this debate. The second reminder is that the House Oversight Committee will begin its impeachment inquiry into President Biden on Thursday. So that will also be something super important to watch closely that we will keep you posted on. And then the last reminder, the deadline for Congress to find a way to compromise and agree on a budget is this Saturday. So if they don't meet that deadline, the U.S. government will shut down. And this will have ramifications probably worldwide. Our economy obviously affects a lot of other economies and it will take a hit from a government shutdown as it always does. Okay, and now that we have those reminders out of the way, we'll jump into our episode for today. We have zero mini stories, and actually today we are going to talk just about two news stories more in depth. Let's jump in. For our first story, after 146 days, almost five months, a tentative deal has been struck with the Hollywood writers. So the Writers Union has struck a tentative deal and it gets the writers most of what they wanted. It happened late Sunday night and it will affect 11,000 screenwriters for the better. The writers, again, still need to ratify this deal through their union. And the last thing we reported on yesterday was that, you know, the executives had really come to the table for this discussion. And I think that was the change that they were needing to really get things moving. It's not completely a done deal yet, uh, so to speak. But that said, it sounds like significant progress at a bare minimum. Here's what the deal would likely include for the Hollywood writers. Higher residuals so that when we are laughing at their jokes or crying at their iconic lines into the future, they get paid for that. A minimum writing staff for every TV show. 
protections for their jobs against AI replacements, and much more. Now, all sites in Hollywood are turning to getting shows back up and running. The Hollywood industry as a whole accounts for about 5% of the economy of the state of California, according to government Governor Newsom. So it's hugely important that these people get back to work and keep things moving. That is as soon as there are signatures on the dotted line. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Now, it's important to note that the Hollywood actors are also striking right now and they still don't have a deal. So the writers may actually continue to strike in order to stand with the actors who stood with them. So, you know, this thing might take a little bit longer in order for the actors to also get a deal with the major studios. But the Writers Guild called this deal meaningful and exceptional, so it definitely sounds like the Guild, at least, is very happy with this outcome. We'll see if it gets the final stamp of approval from the writers themselves. We'll keep you guys posted. And next up for this two-story episode, Sheil Works Returned. So you guys know how I love an art history moment, and this one is exactly what I love, art and history meeting one another. So in order to tell this story, we need to go back in time. Back during World War II, you may or may not know that the Nazis stole a lot of art for a lot of reasons. First off, the Nazis didn't like anyone worshiping anything besides them. They were threatened by religion and even art because artists are revered for their talent. Also on a very basic level, greed motivated a lot of the looting of art. You know, the Nazis stole mercilessly from the Jews and anyone else who stood in their way. You know, they took things like jewelry, family heirlooms, and antiques. That was commonplace during this very dark time. So they stole valuable art right alongside everything else. Among the art that was stolen was some by the famed Viennese artist Egon Schiel. Schiel has truly become a household favorite as of late. I've definitely noticed more people bringing up his name in the U.S. than ever before, and it's largely for his painting called The Kiss. He was a member of the Viennese Expressionist movement, and basically he embraced distortion of the human body in order to convey emotion, the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. The owner of these particular works was from Vienna and was actually a cabaret artist, (laughs) and he was sent to Dachau concentration camp in 1941 and his wife in 1942, and they were killed there. But his heirs always knew of these artworks, and they have been seeking the return of them for decades. Alvin Bragg in Manhattan, yes, the same Alvin Bragg who is bringing charges against Trump for the hush money, he located these pieces at a dealer in New York, and the descendants were able to basically produce paperwork that showed that their relative had never sold or surrendered these artworks in his lifetime, and thus the dealers in New York were in possession of stolen property. There were seven works in total that were just returned to the living descendants, but 
It's important to know that there were actually 81 Egon Shield works stolen in total from this one person. Scheele was declared by the Nazis to be a degenerate, and so he was part of the artist group that they were looking to shun and silence. They sold his works at auction and put the money towards their own cause, and we all know what that was. The museums and dealers who owned the works signed them over to the heirs in exchange for immunity against any criminal charges for possessing this stolen art. I'm glad these priceless beauties are finally home. According to the Sotheby's website, works from Egon Scheel, ones without such a tragic past, are estimated to be worth from anywhere between $6 million and $30 million. And I would imagine as someone who has studied art history in school that the story behind these particular works would make them worth even more. So this is a payday that certainly feels like poetic justice. Justice that has been far too long in the making. And that is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with the quote, Art is not what you see, but what you make others see. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review or shout out on social media would mean the world to us and help us keep creating the news du jour as well as reach more people who need a calmer space to consume the news. But the best way to support all of our work is to become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash sugar free media. You can also follow us on social media at newsdujour.podcast on both Instagram and TikTok. You can follow my personal account at It's Annie Bowles on both those platforms as well. Any little noises you may hear in the background are my rescue pup who has a little separation anxiety and always records with me. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from... Oh